It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they discuss their thoughts on Luca, Black Panda Wakanda Forever, and Turning Red. I'm going to ask you about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So, hopefully you can, you know, think hard about this. Maybe not hard. I know it's been a while, but I really... Because you sent me a text about... regard. I think we... I think this is recorded somewhere, but like... Regarding the fact that if there was any Marvel movie... MCU movie, excuse me, you wanted me to break my embargo on, it was going to be Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The only other one was... Uh, Endgame, and then you also suggested, like, as honorary mentions, you en- you mentioned um, Into the Spider-Verse and The Eternals. Those are the only four that you have mentioned so far that I should break the embargo on and watch them, because you would love my opinion over them. However, yeah. I, f- I feel like it's... I- I'll give you a chance to speak in a second. I, I feel like sure. I'm kind of rude, uh, always, you know, examining you, um at the pulpit there if we were in a courtroom and so instead i'll make you examine me over a um movie i watched there's two i watched well maybe not recently (laughs) at least one of them not recently but one recently the other earlier in the year and i'll do my best to you know talk about that if you give me the rundown as i usually do with you um but what were you gonna say oh i was gonna say just for some background in case there's any new listeners that don't know about this embargo but it started all the way back in 2018 when we, it was after the, uh, after Infinity War came out. I, I can't remember if it was right away or a few months afterwards. No, it was like either because it came out in May, so it was in June. In June. Yeah, and you decided that's it. You weren't going to watch any more. At the time, it was superhero movies completely. You were like, I'm done watching any superhero movies for 10 years. Yep. But um, I'm not sure when you first broke and we're like, okay, that's it's only for Marvel movies. Joker. Joker. Even though I wanted to see Aquaman so badly and still haven't yet, so I'm just lazy on that front. <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, well, superhero movies, and then I also caved into like, well, there's the new Hellboy coming out and Hellboy's Dark Horse, so like, yeah, it hmm. doesn't count. And he's not a superhero, so like, that doesn't count. Yeah, and I, I question, because uh, since your ire seem to be mainly focused on the MCU, uh, how can you include something like the, the Spider-Verse? Is it just because of the Marvel connection? Like It's Marvel. That's just the Marvel connection. It's that petty. Oh, okay. Or I'm that petty, mm-hmm. excuse me. I mean, to be fair, yeah, I could have watched Venom and, Prome- and uh, Prometheus. Morbius, excuse me. Um, yeah. But I just chose not to. Yeah, they're all, they all fall into the, the embargo, I guess. Which, I guess, in some ways, is pick and choose in, in that regard. 
Yeah, it's not so much. I guess Morbius is like fine. Not not. I don't know about the movie quality. But I'm like, <laughs> no, I know who Morbius is, but I just chose not to watch it. Uh, not because of the you know the dead horse meme jokes that came from it and how much of a joke of a movie it is. And then with Venom, I just think he's a highly overrated uh, comic book character, personally. Um, and I always don't like his inclusion in early Spider-Man works. I think he works perfectly in the comics, like originally, like when he debuted with, was it Michelinie and McFarland that introduced him? Yeah, yeah, two of them. I guess, okay, maybe not introduced because that was Secret Wars when he, or Secret, was it Secret Wars or Secret War? Uh, whatever it was in the 80s. That was when he got the black suit. Um, but I guess they developed... No, I guess it was Venom. Sorry, not the black suit. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. That's when it left Spider-Man and went yeah, back to... Uh, I think it was Eddie Brock. I think that was the first or one. to Eddie Brock, not back to Eddie Brock. Well, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, went to, went to Eddie Brock. Excuse me. So, you know, like, I think he worked perfectly there, especially given that... Let's see. Spider-Man debuted in 1962, I believe, and the... When was when was that run in Michelini of Michelini and McFarlane's? Was that ninety? Was that eighty nine or was that like ninety? Mm, I was gonna say like yeah, like eighty eight or something. I've got the, the omnibus right beside me. I can pick it up and see if it says. If you do not mind, me friend. All right, let's see. I don't know if they even say the dates on these these omnibus collections. Um, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> no. Yeah, they don't. Oh, that's okay. a shame. Well, either way, it was the 80s, so basically Spider-Man comics have either been going roughly 40 years by this point. And so then they finally decided to do that, and I think it honestly works there, because like as a older man and not a teenager, um, yeah, it's, it is the perfect time to give uh, Spider-Man something like that. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah, no, that's fair. And then they just... All of a sudden, like, editors or somebody at Marvel was like, oh, this guy has to be the most popular character ever. And, like, <laughs> rolls my eyes, you know, as as long as uh, Neptune's rotation around the sun. Well, but this is this is a side, uh, this is a side uh, bunny trail here. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, I went down a rabbit hole. I should have, my apologies, a tangent. Uh, what I was really going to say. Um, mostly I did the embargo for reasons of... What is it now? Uh, because marketing, uh, there was a bunch of people, maybe you're the people who, who complained, uh, there's a bunch of people who were worried about Infinity War and the outcome of the snap, where all these characters ended up just dying uh, all of a sudden. And, like, snapped out of reality. and Or the blip, as it came to be called. And, you know, I, I really do enjoy Infinity War. I haven't gone back to it. I will go back to it not in 10 years but like at some point i will rewatch it because i did enjoy I, I, I found myself enjoying it with you know, what to do with thanos there but uh even though it's an adaptation uh i still still did enjoy it but i left the theater knowing that this is like i wouldn't say the movie's on par with winter soldier but i still very much enjoyed it i think it's a you know higher list on the on the mcu films there but you know, I left, I left, you know, saying, oh, this is just part one. Like, this is not, you know, part two. Uh, so we'll have to see. Like, part two can obviously make or break this, this first film, but I, I certainly enjoyed it. I have positive feelings about it. Um, and then apparently some people were like, maybe it was people complaining. I don't, obviously don't know the full story. But like, 
some people were worried about, or just like, oh, like fan speculation, like, oh no, oh, oh no, our, our Marvel fair, Marvel heroes, oh no, they're gonna like not, not come back to life, like we're gonna not see them ever again, oh no, um, you know, whining, complaining like that, and then marketing puts out like a tweet or something like that, so I don't know if it's like Marvel itself, but somebody puts out a tweet saying, like, oh, don't worry, like Black Panther 2 is already in development. Yep, I remember being choked by that stuff too. It's like, oh well, there's like, there goes the stakes. And as soon as I, yeah, no, that's that's it. Like, they throw all that out. They're like, and it's not just Black Panther two, by the way. It's like other films as well. Of like, yeah, no, there's gonna like like a Doctor Strange two is coming out. Like, you know, so don't worry. Like, you know, don't don't worry. You like, you know, sovereign, uh, 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 dry hearts. Like, you guys are gonna like be totally fine. Like everything, everything's gonna be okay, right? And I said, I, I took my shoes and uh, kicked the dust off my shoes and, and left. I'm just like, that's it. Spent ten years with you guys, so I don't think you guys need to see me for ten years. Not that I'll be missed. So, toodles. Yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a strong reaction, I would say, especially at the time condemning all superhero movies is uh... yeah oh yeah i was very vocal and very verbal don't get me wrong I'm, i know i'm acting very calm now but like i'm just spinning the story to fit my narrative of course yeah i was furious i was downright angry um but now i'm just like no i'd have this attitude of like if something did me wrong i'm just like all right dust off my shoes goodbye oh but what but what's the what's the purpose of this here today what are we because you say I'm supposed to interview you, but I'm not quite sure what my role is here yet. <laughs> yeah, of course. Sorry. Uh, so you're going to interview me as I usually do with your, you with the MCU films. Um, before I get to interview you with Black Panther 2, you're going to interview me on what I thought about the Pixar film Luca. Oh, you finally saw it. Okay. Hmm. I finally saw it. Yeah, Luca. So uh, did, did you know much coming into this one? Or was it you just kind of heard the random reactions or... Or had you not really heard anything at all? As of this moment, I heard hear nothing at all about Pixar movies. Uh, or even DreamWorks films. Uh, I have been off the loop of these things. I probably fell off... Goodness gracious, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic, but... Oh, you know what it was? It was Incredibles 2, that's right. Because after that, I was like just still furious at... Toy Story 4. You can see a recurring theme here, by the way. Yes. Also same, same year, by the way. Um, I was curious <laughs> at, like, the fact that Incredibles 2 was... No, not... I saw that movie ten times. Ten and a half times, sorry. Um, or was it nine and a half? Neither of sure it was ten. Um, so, why would I be peeved at a film like that? I mean, okay, retrospectively, like, the film's, you know, not as great as the first. I'm aware of that. Uh, I wanted to believe that it was, but it's not. It doesn't surpass it. But like, you know, when I when I found out that a lot of the, that you know the, the creative head of the studio, John Lasseter, um, really took a lot of funds or not funds, excuse me, but sorry, pushed Incredibles two um, back to for a production to make the studio work on Toy Story four. I was not happy with that. I was like, this film has been in development for quite a long time first one came out in 2004 and this one's finally coming out in 2018 so 14 years um i i would have accepted if they were gonna put it out in 2019 uh i would have enjoyed that just to give you know development and hopefully avoid crunch time 
but instead, I don't know if Crunch was involved here, but instead, Lassender decides to pull one over Brad Bird. I'm not saying that he's innocent in this, but just like, uh, you know, pulls one over and says, like, Toy Story 4 gets the more more of the treatment and more time to be spent uh, developing everything. And I'm like, that left a sour taste in my mouth. I'm like, Toy Story 3 came out in 2010. And this film's coming out in 20... Or that, that, that film came out in 2020, 10 years later. I've been waiting 14 years for that sequel. I, I think that sequel should be given a little more care than, you know, the fourth Toy Story film. Pardon me for saying that. That sounds blasphemous to people, but like, I think that film... Yeah. Uh, really deserves uh, a little more fair treatment than Toy Story 4. I think people can wait for Toy Story 4. I don't know if people want a Toy Story 4 or not. I'm putting words in other people's people mouths. People did. Me. And it was well, very well received. <laughs> I wonder why. Um, but I've been, yeah, I've been pretty butthurt over that. So I kind of didn't feel, like, that's on John Lasseter. That's not on, like, Pixar itself. Uh, so just, yeah, I just, I've been lazy and not been watching the films. But I finally got to watch Luca... Uh, I think it was two weeks ago, if I recall, yeah, two weeks ago, finally. And I didn't know much about it other than, like, I think I saw a trailer somewhere, and, yeah, I completely forgot about it. But not, like, it's forgettable, just, like, I didn't I didn't think too much of it. I was, like, I went and did other stuff, so. Yeah, and I, I apologize, but for interview-wise, it's been, uh, when did that come out? Was it 2020? I believe it was 2020, or was it 2021? Give me one second here, sir. I can look this up. Yeah, I saw it within a few days of when it first dropped, and so in terms of my memory about it, um, it's it's admittedly a little bit uh, wavery. It's, I'll have a hard time coming up with uh, uh, interview points, but I, I do have a couple that I can go with. Okay, of course. Uh, it was good old 2021. Um, let me see oh. what it was. Uh, June, or at least, uh, for, let me see here for us, uh, June 18th, 2021, via the internet. So this one was released on Disney Plus uh, initially. Yeah. I don't know if it was, uh, like the next film I'll talk about, like, kind of annoyed, at least that one I was a little annoyed by not being uh, released uh, on the, not internet, but on, on, on theaters. But yeah, and, and this was not lopsided, but this certainly was a, I don't know if Disney told Pixar. I, I think it was this one or something else that Disney once again didn't tell Pixar that they were just going to release it to streaming, and they were like, "What the heck? Like, like why?" Yeah. Oh, but um, coming into this movie, having not seen any Pixar movies in a while, did it? Did you feel like it kind of brought back that old Pixar vibe that that made those movies famous, or did you feel like this one was maybe? Because I know people have been saying for years that their content feels like it's lacking some of the heart of the old days. Did you feel like this kind of carried that back, or? Uh, I would ask the question of like, what do they mean by like the heart? What is what is heart, uh, in a way? Well, it, people think back on, especially films like Up, or some of those those Toy Story films where you you watch it and you come away really emotionally affected. Uh, yep. Finding Nemo as well. Yep. So so I think that's more of the the what they're saying is lacking these days. All right. Getting all the get, hit you right in the feels, eh? Yeah, like an emotional core. Yep. The movie. Um, it did not leave me with those with those sappy moments, if that's what you're asking. Uh, I didn't go on, but I not that I wasn't like you know I I think they did it. Uh, they effectively worked with it, or I think they executed it right. Uh, it didn't affect me, but I'm I assume that other people came away affected. Like, oh, that's so sweet. Um. 
I don't think it did as much, but I certainly think it was a good story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually don't remember what the reaction to Luca was. <laughs> Neither do I. Maybe it's telling that I, I don't think I've heard mo almost anything about it. <laughs> no, that's that's fair. Um, but what do you think about the, the animation and the kind of world that it, it gives us? So I think this was the first film where they're like, all right, we're going CalArts. Um, and for those who don't know, look at Steven Universe, Adventure Time, um, oh, what was that uh, other film? What was that other Cartoon Network? There's a bunch. There was a bunch of these. Uh, or, oh, who else was there? I think a Star in the Forces of Evil as well, and um, Amazing World of Gumball. I think that's the term. And there's a bunch of others as well. But Cal Arts is a style um, that was developed in um, the California Arts Institute of Art, uh, the university, excuse me, that is you know an art school down in California. Gee, that's repetitive. <laughs> um, but it's kind of, it's just a, not a joke, but it's just an art style where you take like two circles and then you make a face out of, like a cartoon face out of, uh, out of said circles. And it was heavily used in the 2010s to like, it's kind of the equivalent of like the spade face uh, <laughs> in over in like Japan to make like a basic face. Almost like, again, if you look at early ruby for instance i know that's not japanese but like they all have the same face like every all those models have like the same face even you can even say that like elsa anna and uh rapunzel all have a similar looking face um in their respective disney movies uh not not so much shovel face but that you know just like it's it's the same model uh idea of like there's only six faces uh, but anyways, so this kind of has that, but there's also a European look to it, uh, I think. It was, first, this was my ignorance. I thought this was set in Brazil, and then I, you know, then I was like, oh, it's it's in, it's in Italy. That's pretty cool. Um, and so, but yeah, you can see it with some of the faces that they, they do look like they have uh, CalArts to them. But other than that, I kind of... I guess turn my, not turn my brain off, but like I let my mind be a little more opened. Uh, I was a little more open-minded with it. And I was like, oh, okay, you know what? Yeah, this like, really does look um, like a European uh, produced animated film. Um, obviously I am at a blank for what those, those animated films are, but I think you also probably know some animated films I'm referring to, right? <laughs> Uh, potentially. I'm not sure off the top of my head right now. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, thinking of that, like, all those Irish movies, like The Secret of... Is it Secret of Kells or, or something? Yeah, Secret of the Kells or Wolf Walkers. Yeah, or... something like that. There's other animated... Like, yeah, just European. I think, like, when I look at this film, it does look like it's European. Um, despite being made in uh, Emmerville, California. Um, and I must say, once again, Pixar has done it. Um, because, I mean, Disney and Pixar have kind of done it, given that they're, like, you know, the, I guess the most advanced. I know, I know you'll say, like, you know, what Into the Spider-Verse did was, you know, incredible, which I'm not going to throw uh, it under the bus here, given that it is a comic book on screen. But Pixar and Disney have almost cracked the code on photorealism when it comes to the environment. Mm. And, like, 
It's all all the like everything else other than like the character designs is phenomenal. Like all of the like just what Italy looks like, the water itself, or the Italy, Italian town, excuse me, and the water and the green, the the verdant. Oh, it looks so good. Like it's not obviously photo like pure photorealism, but like oh man, my friend, my 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 dude, it's it's so good. Uh, it looks really good, so I would recommend it based off of just like the look itself, the animation itself. Uh, top tier, it gets my thumbs up. Yeah, and that's the stuff that I remember standing out the most. Yeah, and and all the water stuff I remember just looks gorgeous. I was thinking that as well. I was like, this film is going to be for you, given that it's like we we, we have like a um, a species of 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 sea life uh, of <laughs> anth- of of bipedal uh, sea dwellers. Um, but I I will say uh. Um, just for myself, from my vague recollections of watching it, I remember thinking that that element of people talking about because they mentioned it with um, like some of the sequels, the Cars sequels, and uh, Finding Dory, and like yeah, the, the, some of the hitting hitting you in an emotional place was kind of lost in some of these later Pixar films. And I remember thinking that Soul really brought that back and was really impactful. But this one, ah. It was just kind of a fun story, but kind of just okay in that regard. And in some ways, a little bit forgettable. Um, did, did, did you feel any of that, or did you think it holds up better than maybe my memory would say? In that way, I mean. Uh, with Soul or with this film? This film, yeah, because you haven't seen Soul. At least, maybe you have. <laughs> no, I haven't seen Soul yet. Um, again, ignorance or just laziness. Um, no, I... Again, there, it probably is there, but I'm not. Maybe I'm just used to the formula. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm aware. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm self-aware enough to know like when the emotional moments are coming in. But I still think they work in the story itself. I'm not going to deny them that. Hmm. Um, just because like it doesn't affect me emotionally, like you know, it gets me, you know, uh, crying because there's a bowl of onions in front of me. That's not true. Like if it, as long as it works with the story, it's kind of like with the internal logic and it works properly then yeah i don't think it's fully emotionally manipulative it's just depending on like whether you're moved by it or not yeah and would you say overall you're you're feeling it you're you came away happy yeah yeah i think you yeah you're right i think i'd say i'm i'm feeling it um i mean there's other stuff i'll go into about it but like uh yeah i'd say like you know i'd, I'd say yeah i'd recommend it <laughs> Oh well, well, what else you got? Because I was, yeah, that was kind of my my segue to move on to whatever your other one was. But uh, okay, well, no, 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 because there's so much other stuff like to talk about with the film itself. You know, this is there's yeah, we don't how how do I how did I word this? Because I know I should have done this like recently, um, but or or sooner, because it was still fresh in my mind. But the question is like, you know, we have this culture here of these of these. Uh, amphibian men, or these amphibian creatures, uh, creatures of the Black Lagoon, excuse me, they're not like Abe Sapien, unfortunately, uh, except for one interesting feature, but, you know, they, they live underwater, they have this culture they live in, at least a very small, like, community we see, we don't see many other things, um, but we have, you know, this boy, uh, who, <laughs> that's right, I was kind of comparing him to, like, Ariel, uh, as well, because we're underwater, so immediately I go with like he wants to go. He wants to go to the surface because he's in, fascinated by it. Um, but he's also scared by it. So I'm like, okay, well, there's some 
Little Mermaid, Finding Nemo stuff, just when Nemo's with the boat and I sail the boats there. You know, so I'm just like, okay, I can sort of see some stuff from... I don't. They're obviously not trying to copy Little Mermaid, but you can't help but, you know, show or feel the comparison there. Um, and he eventually does end up going up to the surface because there's another guy who, you know, he meets uh, as he's herding these, these fish and uh, or his parents forbid him from going there and that he should be you know going to you know stay stick to his chores uh, you know it's the traditional so it's kind of kind of standard beginning like with you know the i it's it's the old disney formula or just i guess regular formula of hero's journey i don't know if it's, this is the hero's journey but like of like the character wants something and so uh he eventually goes on land and with this with this character this fellow um i guess person of, of his and uh, i forget their names which is not helpful <laughs> um they're also an italian so i'm not i'm not very good yeah. at pronouncing it uh, even though i do my best with other cultures but anyways um i think that it's funny that they find out that they can or he's, he's shocked to see that they can actually convert into humans on land which i'm like huh that is interesting and there's no time limit thing there's no limits to that other than as soon as they get like you know sprayed with water or water makes contact with their skin uh they like part of them converts back into sea monsters i'll just call them that for now um and they can just survive on land even as sea monsters um which i was interested by i was like interesting so there's no like water need for water excuse me they don't dehydrate um like some other characters in the when it comes to being water-based so uh yeah and basically from what leads there is like a a like a, like almost a journey of just oh, i say journey of discovery that sounds so basic um but like that leads to these kids just wanting to you know buy a vespa you know a little like moped a, a little scooter uh they want to buy a, a moped because you know that's all this uh one character talks about and it's just them going to this local town and walking among the other people and not being suspicious or, or looked at as monsters but just as humans and yeah just them interacting with some of the character or with some characters and uh there's a plot to there's a bully character and by the end they reveal themselves as the monsters and the little town kind of accepts them quickly enough which i was surprised by so i'm like huh and there's other stuff that happens too as well, but like they, they form a friendship with this this girl they meet, uh, who stands up to them because she's like, oh yeah, these guys are standing up to the bully, and so do I, and I got a chip on my shoulder for that. And then the the one kid is torn between his his little like you know more like yeah we can do whatever we want we just want to buy the moped Vespa, and then then our protagonist who's a lot more curious, and yeah every everything how, how do I put this every Almost anything new to him fascinates him, and he comes immediately like enamored by it and wants to know more, um, which is interesting. I don't know if you can like relate that to certain personality types or those with um, brain pa certain brain patterns, if that makes sense. But because his uh, his female friend just like shows him like or yeah introduces him to like space and whatnot, he's like, wow, I thought these were all just like big goldfish in the sky. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's that is really cool. Um, and yeah, no. So I, I sorry, I gave a little like plot synopsis, but like, yeah, it's, I, I I did enjoy it. Yeah, and that little bit of subtext under there. Yeah, that 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 could make it more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they. Uh, I think some people also came away with this because they were focusing the. Most of the film revolved around uh, the friendship between the two boys, and some people came out saying like, "Oh, this is just like a hidden LGBT message film." Oh yes, I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, which I mean, you can make an argument for that. I didn't personally see that. I had the thought in mind, but I'm like, I guess it could be. But I think these boys are literally like preteens, so like, I don't know if I'd go there fully just yet. But they, I mean, it is their time for discovery, so. Pardon me if I sound bigoted there. Um, it's not my decision to know <laughs> when you're, you know, who you, whom you're attracted to when. Um, but it certainly doesn't help. You, you can, you know, go and experiment if you wish to. Um, just, you know, experiment safely, of course. Um, but oh, where was I going with this? Kind of, it's it's funny how I know this film came out last year, but like this film reminded me of Bell uh, a bit, where like. They introduced a bunch of stuff in the beginning, like with with Bell. We had Suzu going into you, uh, and we kind of we don't spend a lot of time talking about what you is. It's just like it's another social network um, visualized in this sense of you, know, you see this app and we see it from within you. I don't know what she's if she's seeing that herself just when she puts those earbuds on. I, I have no idea, but like then we see the beast and we go into that direction so i was like okay kind of has that like feel as well i kind of feel like i'm watching bell in that sense uh which was interesting almost similar stuff with when it came to like certain story beats as well but not not as much of a like not graphic but not as much as a uh hard-hitting i i felt a lot more on a bell than i did with this i'll say that i think especially since bell's a lot more I mean, it's weird because, like, like I say, like metaphors and and uh, metaphors and uh, analogies are are like you know used are, are better used sometimes, but like that just gets straight to the point of what's going on at Bell. I mean, so it's it's, it's weird. I, I apologize if I'm not as consistent with my like you know my <laughs> rules are. Um. The uh, the, the music. Um was very very italian uh that sounds kind of generic and a bit like insensitive i'd say a lot of apologies in that it, i i don't forget much of it but like what i remember hearing was was a lot of fun oh i forgot to mention it's set in like probably the 40s or at least in the 20th century at some point because uh, there's radios obviously not televisions so i thought that was pretty cool i like that little period piece um but the main thing the main points i wanted to get to is that boy it does very much uh, remind me of uh, a bit of, you know, Japanese animation. Uh, one in regards to Studio Ghibli films. Oh, interesting. Yep. Uh, you could make mention of, like, Ponya by the Sea. Uh, mm -hmm. I can see some Porco Rosso in here. Uh, maybe that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I said. I was like, oh, it's just Ponya. Because, you know, yeah. person, like, like, you know, character wants to go outside and see the world. And she does, and then she like you know lives with her human friend for for a bit, and we just see the misadventures they get up to, uh, as her father tries to look for her. Anyways, uh, which is actually a similar thing where the parents here are also trying to look for for their son. Um, 
But what I especially loved was at the ending with the credit scene. Um, or not the cre end credit scene, but like... Um, but during the credits, they actually kind of do something Ghibli-ish, but not fully. Where if you remember... This isn't just Ghibli, this is other like Japanese films or animated films. Uh, is where they'll sometimes have in the... Uh, what is it? In the... Uh, or not just anime films but also television shows uh, they'll have like the movie still playing over the credits where there'll still be mm -hmm. like animation right mm -hmm. um, and so in this they didn't do that they instead had uh, pictures they had still images and they were so like Ghibli inspired I loved them I was like oh <laughs> this is like whoever's drawing these is like and should animate like or not even animate they should like just do storybooks because I think it looks really beautiful uh, and and really nice, and we we see the epilogue of what that is, and I think I think it just worked out really well with that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I wish I remembered that. Mm. It sounds it sounds really cool. And I also would be remiss to say that this is the best way you can ever show like with with these amphibian people. Um, it's it is the like best Clone Wars idea ever, uh, or if. If, Marvel, if the MCU were to adapt um, the secret invasion, but they didn't use the Skrulls, they used the Atlanteans instead, this is the perfect like plot right there. Uh, with with them all like living in the town, or yeah, with with them the fact that they can convert their bot like their bodies magically convert, which they never go into, but the fact that their <laughs> bodies can magically convert into uh, uh, into humans for some reason, but again, they don't go into that. There's even a little joke there of like when the kid first gets on the shore for the first time, he's like trying to, you know, he's been swimming in a three dimensional space his whole life. Um, so he doesn't realize that he's on land now. Uh, and he tries to move his fit, his, uh, his fin of his tail. But the other guy mentions phantom tail. And I was mm -hmm. like, interesting. Like they're throwing that concept out there. Not that that's a real concept, but just like they're throwing like a fictitious, uh, I guess, natural phenomenon that like happens with these with their biology so I'm like interesting I wonder if they go into the no they don't <laughs> so yeah okay <laughs> fair enough oh but do you feel like you've you got much more on that one or did you want to move on to your next movie I think yeah I think I'll uh I'll pause on that for now or not pause on that I'll leave it there um just say yeah, I enjoy I enjoyed it I probably would go back to it at some point not anytime soon but yeah I I will give uh the director this that um, he was, let me see who it was, I, I, Enrico Casarosa, Enrico Casarosa, and then obviously there's probably, like, other people who had a hand in it as well, don't get me wrong, like, a lot of people <laughs> had a hand in it, but, uh, I think this was a good, uh, start, like, this is a good, like, let's say entry, but how it, but, like, this is a good first film of his, I don't know if he's filmed other stuff beforehand, this is a great, uh, not great, this is a good, uh, introductory film, I guess, for his like storytelling, um, and so I wish the studio gives him another chance uh, to see what he is. I'm not saying uh, for Luca too. I'm just saying another uh, film of of that you know like and fund another project of his. Um, I guess I will say that the film also felt very short for me. Uh, like mm. we maybe that is just thing. I know it's like wait what 90 minutes or something. Actually, let me just check it right now. Uh, let's see. It was one hour thirty-five minutes. Felt like it went by pretty quickly. 
<laughs> I'll be honest, but maybe that's just me. I, I, I have no idea. But I guess with the, like, you know, little plot points or the, like, places we go to, um, kind of did, like, maybe it did feel like they could have just stayed on one plot idea and just keep it there as, like, the explore exploration, but, no, nah, I mean, they, they kind of stuck to what they were doing, so. Oh, and, uh, our, your good pal, your, your neighbor there, your, your bud, uh, Jacob Tremblay was, uh, was the, the lead voice for the, uh, protagonist. Yeah, yeah, I think that was his first kind of transition into voice work, I think. I know he's done a little bit more now, so, so maybe that's his new avenue of, uh, of acting. I mean... Assuming we could still act like 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 live action action <laughs> or live action acting excuse me but whatever oh what was your next film uh well i'll go into my next film after i probe you sir here we go i hope you've gathered your thoughts because caleb what did you think of black panther wakanda forever oh wow no i, I that's yeah that's a really tough question <laughs> Um, in terms of being a sequel, I thought it was considerably better than the first one in terms of having a more interesting story. Um, the villain, I, I can't miss, well, I'll get into the villain. That's its own separate issue. Um, and again, I don't know how much I can even say in terms of spoilers for you. Cause I mean, really discussing the movie is discussing the spoilers is kind of the problem. Of course. So. Um, but I feel like Chadwick Boseman wasn't missed because the character of T'Challa was so not there that they could fill it in easily. So, so that's weird too. I was, and they do they do emphasize the grief of the characters. A lot of the movie is about grief. Um, so I think that makes the movie feel more rich. Um, and and the characters that they chose to focus on, they gave a lot more characterization than they gave to T'Challa. So that helps as well. Um, the movie feels expansive. It feels like it uh, opens up more areas of the MCU. And so that's really nice. Um, but at, it also feels overlong. And at the core of it is a villain that I find so difficult to wrap my emotions around that it just... It, it, it makes me really, really struggle with the movie. And that's because I... I mean, we even mentioned in our very first episode, the Leviathan episode, um, how much I'm a fan of the Namor comics. And I've always been a big fan of Namor, and I've always felt for years that Marvel didn't give a fuck about him. They've dicked him around so much. He hasn't had his, his own solo book for, uh, like, what, like 27 years? <laughs> and so it, it pisses me off forever how, how badly uh, Namor's been represented. And this movie gave us a character that they named Namor that really is not Namor. On the surface, he shares some attributes. It's not just the uh, the nationality change or the location of his his uh, kingdoms changed. the The whole kind of the whole kind of outlook of the character they changed, and it just it it pisses me off to no end that I finally, after twenty years. Of wanting to see Namor on screen, get this this character that they call Namor, that in no way captures the things that I find uh, fundamental about the character. So, so that makes the movie very complicated for me because there's a lot of stuff that I really like, 
But at the core of it, I just am so upset. <laughs> and I'll, I'll also say, um, that the, the MCU, I give them lots of leeway to change characters, do whatever they want. Um, and I usually am able to, you know, maintain a distance. But I think because, in terms of the comics, uh, Namor's been so mistreated that it feels extra painful this time. Because it's not like, oh, you know, sure, Namor, this isn't Namor on the screen, but I can read the current run and I can, you know, ex still experience new Namor. That's great. It's kind of like, oh, well, you know, this movie isn't great. They're not really giving us much variety of Namor books to read that I can, you know, satiate my, my sadness at seeing this complete misrepresentation. So I think that's why it hurts so much seeing what they did with him here. But <laughs> yes, quite a lot to unpack there. I, I am sorry about that. A lot. <laughs> very biased. Yes. Very, very biased you are when it comes to... Um, he's got a nickname, the Great White Something. Am I correct in that or is that something else? No, I'm not sure. I'm okay, not sure. maybe I'm wrong. But just it, uh, biased with Imperious Rex. Oh, and they slipped that in the movie. They, they slipped it in. It was stupid. It pissed me off i even heard my uh my friend and my partner they're kind of like well, like what was that <laughs> and they talked about it afterwards they're like well, what like what was that and i was like oh that was that was the the actual name was catchphrase which they just put in there stupidly for fan service which services no one because this isn't namor <laughs> but <laughs> so i got a question with the wings because hmm. those are i think in at least when he was invented back in the day in 37 was it or 8 um, those were meant to be like the wings of Hermes I think so you say that you know these these mer people because I don't know what their term is called but like these these the underwater folks you know they're they're based off of like a Mayan civilization where like is it a is it based off of a Mayan de deity who has wings on their feet or, or how does that work uh, they certainly didn't get into it. <laughs> okay. Interesting. My sibling said the other otherwise. Like, they talk about that. I'm like, interesting? Uh, no, not that. I certainly didn't notice them okay. mentioning that, no. Um, Maybe they did. Maybe I was just uh, just uh, steaming in my seat or something. But I don't think so. I, I wasn't until the end of the movie that I really felt the, the pain of it. In the comics, his cousin is in the film, correct? His cousin in the film. Oh, Nemora? Is it Nemorita or... Nemora. Nemora, sorry. Why did I say Nemorita? I don't understand. That's my, my apologies. Yeah, Nemorita is... Uh, yeah, it was like a clone of uh, Nemora. Oh, okay. Yes, but yeah, she does She does feature, If again, if you want to call her that. It's a character and name only. Uh, um, cousin or no? Uh, I, don't, I don't think they ever mention. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. I think I... I don't know if I mentioned this before, but like... I think we talked about this somewhere, you know, a few, few, few like, you know, recently. But I said that, technically speaking, you know, one, one of the famous things is that Namor in the comics is Marvel's first mutant. Mm -hmm. Obviously, retroactively, that's not true because, of course, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, in this case, it is true correct uh well they certainly don't make it clear the first one is but they do okay. make definitive uh dialogue references to him being a mutant yeah now here's the other thing is that where i was going with this is that of course we have another mutant apparently 
Miss Marvel. Mm. How so? She is technically the first on-screen mutant. However, if this is like happening at the same time, Namor or whatever his name is in the film is older. Therefore, he's the first mutant. <laughs> so if we're going by age, he he gets the title. Well. <laughs> Well, yeah, I suppose so. I don't know how much that matters, but I know it doesn't matter. But just like I think, age-wise, he technically is the first mutant. <laughs> it just sounds so petty of like, oh no, it can't be a girl. I'm just like, this is this is different. Well, again, I don't know how much relevance it really has. So. I know, of course not. But like, I don't know. It's just and, and like the fact that like this film will be. It just depends on who sees this film and who watches Miss Marvel. If like, which gets a more general audience to see it and and hear the, you know, the, the mutant word. Well, I I, I don't know. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't know what to say. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I it, is it the X gene or is it something else? They don't. They haven't made any sort of references to that stuff. It's only been name drops. Okay. There was some mutation, that kind of thing. Okay, so. lovely. Um, so. All right, let's start. Um, best thing and worst thing. Oh, wow, best thing. Um, uh, like, again, I don't know how much I can spoil. Um, I'll just go with the, ex- the expanding out of Wakanda, making it, uh, placing it in its, its uh, making it feel more like it has a place in the real world. Okay. And fleshing out um, uh, Shuri's kind of role. Um, in, in, well, she's not necessarily running it, but... But but just kind of, yeah, fleshing out that that part of the world felt like it was the best part. It felt like, like it was more real. In the original Black Panther, I kept having like weird things that like something about this just doesn't feel quite right. It feels artificial in some way. This movie helped uh, fix that. Okay, I accept that. Your worst thing, sir. I think or unless you've already like said it. Oh, it's Namor. <laughs> it's Namor. <laughs> By fucking far, it's Namor. This it still pisses me off. And I feel I feel a little ridiculous about it because, I mean, I've mentioned how I think that the MCU Thor is nothing at all like the like the comic book character. That's another one. It's just like like it, it's almost a character name only to some degree. But that doesn't really piss me off because there's lots of great Thor comics. You know, <laughs> Thor is a has not been a forgotten character like Namor is. Yes, certainly not. Um, here's a big one. What was the CGI like this time around? Yeah, better than the first one. Um, still the typical MCU mix of quality stuff and mix of um, weak stuff, but definitely more consistent than the first Black Panther. Hopefully the artist actually got paid and had time to finish the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, cinematography, sir. How did, uh, did Kugler's cinematographer... Uh, handle this film uh had a much much more natural look than that first one that's that's another thing why i feel like the first black panther has an artificial look there's something about just the the way that they shot it that just did not did not help it (laughs) make it look like a real movie this one they changed that and there was a lot of emphasis on on water in the movie and a lot of that stuff just looked just fantastic so yes except oh sorry oh sorry (laughs) No, no, go ahead. This is just more bile. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Yeah, you, you finish your bile because it's related to what you're saying. Oh, my bile is uh, related to the uh, oh, what's the name of it? Talokan. Um, we when we see that in the movie, we go to the underwater city. 
I just thought it, it was so lacking in imagination. It was so poorly developed that I was just like, wow, really, this is this is what you're giving us. You, you, you take away Atlantis because you want to, I guess, probably to do with Aquaman. That's my assumption. They're like, oh, we don't want to ride the coattails, so let's give us this other city. But it was, it was just, oh, it was, it was just, when I watched, when I watched that sequence when we visit there, it just hurt me. I was like, it's, it's a murky mess. We don't really get to see much of the city. We just see random people just floating there that look like they're ready for their, their oxygen tanks to come for them. I was just like, wow, this, this just does not feel like they did enough job, a good enough job to make it feel real. It just really pissed me off. <laughs> the effects in the abyss were way better. <laughs> Yeah, and they're going for a different, different thing, but it's um, just... so, and that's where I was going to come with. What did you think of the water stuff? Which I mean, you kind of answered, but uh, and I guess you've mentioned it. But how how did the uh, the underwater effects fare against Aquaman? Do you think Aquaman handled it a lot better, uh, or do you think Marvel once again like just craps all over DC and says like you guys are inferior to us? That's what's kind of funny. Is Aquaman looks a lot more fake. Aquaman kind of looks like a live-action cartoon. Um, it never really looks like they're underwater during their underwater scenes. It, Interesting. But that works for it in a way that this movie, they they made they tried too hard to make it look real, that it started to, in its own way, look like, okay, I'm taken into the scene because it doesn't feel like these people actually live underwater. So, so that and that's way it started to bother me, too. And again, it was... I, I just I couldn't stand the design of that... Uh, their underwater city it just did not feel expansive or like a real city it felt like something that only existed in the scenes in the movie that we saw it and then once we changed the scene they got all the people out of the water and the scene stopped existing <laughs> and that's just that just pissed me off <laughs> but again this is some bile maybe on a rewatch maybe with some distance maybe with some better name more comics coming out i could learn to accept this more because i'm assuming he's going to continue on to be a, a character going forward i'm assuming Actually, I think that may be a spoiler in its own right. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me if he's in there. It's like, I mean, it's he's a significant character, for crying out loud. I mean, I don't know if they're going to reveal, like, oh, hey, I knew Captain America. I'm like, okay, no, that's just utter bullcrap. Like, when did Cap not feel... He, of course, like, when did feel, when did Cap not mention the fact, like, oh, yeah, I know this guy from underwater. Like, Well, part of part of why I say that is it, it felt like through a lot of the movie that they're treating him like a, a one-off villain. And there was a scene where I was sure he was going to die. And I was like, oh, wow, now they're going to kill him off. Like, they have so little respect for this character. And then I was like, oh, I guess they didn't kill him off. Okay. <laughs> and again, I I feel stupid feeling so uh, betrayed by it. It's, but it's just, it, it really did stun me to see how little care that they had for uh, the Neymar character. I should also mention, preference as well, that um, he texted me... I think you have your phone near you so you can remember the text message better than I do because I don't have my phone near me. But you you may you like texted me saying like if there's any MCU film that you should break the embargo on, it'd be this film, just because I'm su- super biased to uh to Namor. Or probably to maybe the film I don't know. Namor. What you meant by that, but Namor, okay. Yeah, because what I what I was curious about is does the Namor plot actually work? Cause I can't I can't separate feeling like it was a betrayal of the character to give him the plot that they did that it just took away a lot of what makes namor a special character to me um and so i was curious 
does the plot actually work with the movie from someone who hasn't really had much experience with any more comics? Um, you've read some, you know, it's a lot better than these, these writers. <laughs> that's just <laughs> that's, me. That's funny. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> that's just me. I'm sure they read something. <laughs> they had to, I assume. It's Feige. He has to. And again, I, I totally understand why they did what they did. And, and it, it made sense for their story. It's just like, I, I don't know. It just, it's, it just, it, again, it felt like they had no real respect for the character. And that's okay. Uh, what what did you think of the performances of the actors? How about that? Let's let's go with that. Especially like you know the the, the actor who portrayed uh, Namor or not Namor, excuse me. Uh, I mean he was fine. I, he felt pretty one note to me. Um, I think a lot of people disagree. I think a lot of people really love his performance. Again, I, I felt like he was one note. Um, he was definitely no Michael B. Jordan. That's for sure. Big shoes. Letitia Wright. I think really came into her own and really uh, stole the show. Um, Angela Bassett, oh yeah, she she's always been a great actress. I think she was excellent in this movie as well. Really sold the the grief um, element very strong. Um, yeah, hmm. I don't know. Lupita Nyong'o, she was she was good as she always is. Um, I always love her on screen. I think she's very attractive. I think she's very um, yes, she is. Her character really isn't all that much. Um, it, it it wasn't really much in that first movie, and it didn't really feel like much more in this one. It felt like more she was a utility character, more than a, a real uh, like presence in her own. Um, and there's that that one uh, that one guy in Baku. Nambaku, yes. Uh, they they did the Drax thing from Guardians One oh, to no. Guardians Two. It was like they were like, oh, the audience kind of laughed at him a bit in that first movie. Had some funny bits. Let's really lean into that humor for the second one. And so they give him lots of lines. They make him kind of more stupid as well. Oh, no. That's like, oh, great. That's that's really fun. That's not what you want because, like, the point was that in the first one, if I remember correctly, Mbaku looked like he was a typical jock guy. Like, he was all, like, muscle, no brains. And then it was revealed, like, no, no, no. I, I may have, like, all this muscle, but my brain's also muscle and I have some muscle in the brain mm-hmm. like that was it was a subversion almost which i liked about him that's why i enjoyed his presence in the first film so to hear that they just went with like you know the typical drax thing to do i'm like well that's just a waste of character oh it felt like that and there was one scene oh my god it was maybe the worst cgi that i've seen in an mcu movie <laughs> it was him and like two other other of his like kind of tribesmen like guards they were supposed to be standing in just like a regular Wakanda area. And it was some of the worst matting. I was like, wow, I can't believe that this isn't a theatrical release film, this bit of matting. This feels like Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeet. Something as terrible as you could see out of that. Yeet. And it was just this the, it was just them like standing there making jokes. And I was like, really you kept this shot in them, even though it looks so terrible, just so you can get your jokes in? I was like, Wow, wow. That's some shocking stuff, Ryan Coogler. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so you know, like, you, good good acting. Uh, fair enough. Um, for the most part, excuse me. I don't want to. So sorry if I'm like uh, uh, reiterating stuff. But uh, the editing, sir. What did you think of the editing? Mm, could have been more conservative. It felt it felt long, um, and not in a good way. I don't think it was like too too long, but it definitely felt. I definitely was 
thinking about the runtime, like, okay, when's this gonna end at this point? In terms of the action, it didn't feel like it was, like, choppily, like, cut together necessarily. Okay. And that's a strong set. I think the action felt quite unique. And I feel like a lot of that stuff was, was well done. And even though I really don't care for, um, I guess they're not Atlanteans. I don't know what to, I don't know just what say, to call them. Yeah, just say not Atlanteans. <laughs> yeah, in terms of the, the villain characters besides Namor, like they had Namora and this other guy whose name I can't remember, who's also a Namor character. Um, they felt generic. They, they were characters in name only. Um, and I, I just was like, okay, well, I mean, I guess they're just a standard secondary villains, but they really didn't do anything for them. Um, but I, I did feel like some of the action scenes with them were cool and different. So, so that helped. And their designs were cool. The favorite action scene, if I may ask, or fight scene, pardon me. Uh, the end one. <laughs> okay. I'll say that much. I yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I guess, yeah, the, the, the fight scenes or the action scenes kind of felt a there was not like bad fight action scenes in that first film, but it just felt like except for the end they were unfinished. Yeah, there was they were they were all unfinished. Well, I mean not all unfinished. Sorry, but that that last fight scene felt like unfinished. And it made a, it it made a difference because the stakes were different. This one actually, uh, they had kind of two fight scenes at the end again. One of them had stakes. One of them didn't. And <laughs> so in that regard, they repeat Kugler repeated the same mistake he made in that first one. I see. Yeah, and this, the one without stakes didn't do anything for me, and I thought some of that had a an artificial feel to it as well. It was kind of like, ah, what? Like, why are we? See, we're only seeing this so we can throw in more action. It doesn't add anything, and it looks CGI and phony. So I kept Great. being like, let's not cut to this bit. Let's cut to the bit with real dramatic weight. So. Uh, was there another one take, by the way? Um, if there was, I didn't notice it. Okay. Um, thank you. Now I, I don't know. If, do you you know about the uh, the other? character that was introduced in this one right i don't know if that's a spoiler no i no just name more did they do another winter soldier where it's like they they uh they advertise winter soldier they market him they put him in front of all the advertisements they they reveal the bucky line but then there's a like a it's they were doing that just to smoke screen hydra being shield no no okay. but but there was another uh a marvel character introduced that's probably going to be ongoing okay well i have no idea who it is <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know if I if spoiling it matters because I'm sure it'll get out there eventually. So probably, but I have no idea at this like as of this recording, I have no idea who you're talking about. Like, I guess I could take a gander. Is it like, uh, is it is it Kazar? No. Would you like me to say or or not? Um, I'm gonna I'll at least guess. I'll do ten guesses. So it's not sure. So that's one. If, if you're uh, so Kazar, um, Human Torch. No. As in like the Android Human Torch. God, I would have loved it, but of course uh, no. They got no respect for the real Namor, so they don't. They probably don't even know about his connection with the original. Image uh, not Deadpool. Well, that'd be funny. No. Um, this is a serious film. Um, that's eight. Uh, no, wait, three, three. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, let's see, who's Beta Ray Bill? No. Oh. Uh. Was it one of this is like I guess I I don't have to guess but is, was it one of the defenders? No. Okay. No, again, they don't they don't have any respect for the lineage of Namor in this this movie. Okay. Okay. Um. Oh wow. Well, yeah. No. The defenders. That's funny. Um. Yeah. So I guess not Silver Surfer. So I guess yeah. The guess will be Silver Surfer. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this while you're guessing. Um, they even decided to 
create an, an origin for the name or name in this movie. Um, in my opinion, stupidly, I don't understand why they made this choice. Because at one point he says, uh, like, his heart, his heart was so hardened and he'd, he'd become like a violent kind of killer at some point in, in reaction to uh, uh, some, some wrongdoings. And they started calling him um, Nanamore. Or he, he didn't quite say that. We had an accent, so it made more sense. But in a way, it was like uh, like a way to combine, to make the name Namor. It was like a, com a composite name. But then all the other characters, even though they know that origin, still just call him Namor, even though he pronounces it differently. And it was kind of like, okay, like so you, so you made the time to dedicate this whole scene to giving us an origin for his name. Flashbacks, just so we can get the origin of his name. But then these other characters just don't bother pronouncing it that way. They pronounce it the same way that we all do from reading the comics. Like, what, what point did you have to insert that in there? And apparently, uh, I think it was Cooler who came out and was like, oh, it was meant to be a comment on how people ignore, like, uh, the pronunciation of names. Now I was like, really? Your, your characters from Wakanda are those people who just willfully just choose to ignore what how his name's pronounced that that makes a lot of sense sure i don't i can't remember if it's cougar maybe it was just other people but, <laughs> but either way it, it just it struck me as just foolish to to retroactively insert that in there and then never never uh, uh, just so many weird choices yeah like having him say imperious rex near the end for no reason <laughs> new character from the comics right yeah from the comics oh man ghost rider nope oh yeah that would make no sense that'd just be out of nowhere like why yeah i'm positive you're not gonna guess it because you're in a completely different realm than what this character's in so am i am i thinking of old stuff yeah you're thinking old stuff oh yes. so i have to think of new stuff uh like circa aughts new tens or 22s Oh, uh, I think tens or maybe aughts. I'm not sure. Okay, no, that's fair. I'm not very familiar with this character. No, that's that's fair. Uh, that'd be random, but Songbird? No. Okay. I think that's, I that's seven. Yep, seven. <laughs> uh, huh. It's not a spider person, is it? No. Does that okay. count as eight? That counts as eight. Because <laughs> sure. I could have said, like, Anya Cortez, Silk, um... I guess Miles Morales if that would be random if they he just showed up randomly in here, but like you'd think it'd be a Spider Man film that he'd debut in, but um strange things have happened. Uh, well you're thinking of your last two, I'll, I will say again, I, I do think this movie is better than the first movie in a lot of ways. Um there's a lot of stuff that I, I really do think um was was really smart choices. A couple of really just baffling choices to me that I was just like, Okay, that's why did you choose this movie to focus on this element? And even in ending, uh, the, the they only had one post-credit scene, and I could hear people in the audience being moved by it, and I was just like, I, I don't know, I don't think this is moving. I think this was weird. So, um, it is a mixed bag, and I think the movie is ultimately good, but my just my raw feelings about the, my betrayal, <laughs> and I'll call it a betrayal. Betrayal! Betrayal! Anyway. Uh, and it, it bothers me the idea that that's the Namor that we're going to get going forward. Because it's like, okay, maybe 
you can contrive this character to turn into the Namor that that I love and respect. But it's it would take a long way to get there, I would think. It would take some real changes. So And I don't have anything against the actor. I, I feel like he could potentially grow into the role better. I again I found him kind of one note. But maybe that was just for the script that they had for him. There was like maybe one scene where I was like, okay, I can see more to him. He seems like he's got something. But then he just switched back into that same one note quality and it stayed for the rest of the movie. But I do think he had some presence, so so maybe that helps. Oh, and the, the soundtrack. Oh man, this was a weird soundtrack. It had, at some points it was really, really good. At other points it was like, wow, this is really weird and corny. And it's like, I feel like it's intentionally weird and corny. But I don't know if it works. So, it's like, and I'm very curious for you to hear it one day. Because it is a, a curious one. <laughs> I was, that was what I was going to ask you next was music. Uh, what did you think of the score, and then what did you think of the licensed music that they sample or use uh, to promote the film? Because I know it's on title, and I'll probably listen to it because I mean, why oh, not? Really? It's just a bunch of well, it's just a bunch of songs, like you know, come together. But it's obviously not Kendrick Lamar coming in making brand new hits, like brand new beat or tracks for like the for the characters and for the story itself this is just like they you've got licensed music for the track or for the for the movie excuse me oh do, do you uh so you listen to scores without having seen the movies that they're in i didn't listen to the score i just listened to like i just saw that they had released the uh uh the licensed music for this the the, the the movie oh oh licensed oh, yeah. okay not this yeah. not the score okay no not the i mean i think i i i, t- I took a quick look at the uh, the score sheet, like the, the song selection, or the, yeah, the sound, whatever it's called, uh, the order of the songs, but, like, I didn't, I think there was one that said, like, I'm T'Challa, but I don't know what that means. I think, I feel like it's just a, uh, somebody's echoing what, like, something T'Challa said, sure. so I'm like, well, that's not a spoiler, I just assumed, like, that's what it means, but other than that, I didn't really see any spoils, or I don't remember anything. Sure. Well, I, I pretty much already answered the music questions, so, so if, unless you want to get to your your other two, then we can probably close it down. <laughs> well, what, like, what, like, with, what, what, are you talking like licensed music, or are you talking like the score itself? Was the score just everywhere, or some parts good? Yeah, no, it it, it was up and down. There were some really good moments and some weird choices, but overall good. So. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, editing sound. Yeah, I don't. I I I I tap at eight. I have no idea like who else okay, debuted in like eight, or, like any of the odds or the tens. So you're gonna tell me, and I'm gonna be like, oh, would have never thought of that. So who was this new character that debuted in this film, Caleb? Oh crap! <laughs> I was. It was Riri Williams. I'm Ironheart. Oh. Oh yeah, she was in the trailer. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh, wow, I don't remember her in the trailer at all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she was in there. Um. I don't really have much to say about her. I think she was. Oh, they're doing. They're doing it, aren't they? They're they're assembling the new Avengers. Oh my god, or the champions, whatever they're called, because they got Miss Marvel. They're gonna get Miles Morales in there. They have, um, what's her name in uh, Multiverse of Madness? Uh, Miss or, uh, Miss America, uh, America Chavez, and they have Ironheart. Yeah, they're assembling that kid group. Yeah, it could be. I'm not sure, but which I am all for. By the way, I think that would make a great team. Um, but anyway, sorry, uh, since that, I forget usually what else I go into, but 
Yeah, I'm tapping out. It's it's my my time's run thin. So okay, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, would you recommend people go see Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, or would you say like hold off on it? No, go see it. Go see it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, why not go see it? I mean, what? It's <laughs> what? What else is there to see right now? So, <laughs> uh, Pinocchio on Netflix. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean the theater. The theater. Oh, okay. Uh, well, fair enough. Uh, I know they're gonna be releasing the. Uh, what's it called? The last a- Evangelion film at some point in in, uh, in theaters, which is gonna be nice finally. Oh, that's that's interesting, but uh... that's just for me. <laughs> but fair enough. So the next film uh, you're gonna probe me on this time uh, is you're gonna probe me on Turning Red. Oh, you watched that one too, Turning Red. This mm. was back in like I don't I actually don't remember when I watched this. <laughs> uh, it was like obviously it was after when it like was released. Um, but like, yeah, you're going to probe me on turning red. So again, give me the, oh, start questioning me. I don't know if you've watched it or not. Yeah. Turning red. I saw when it, when it first came out and yeah, I felt like, um, in some ways this kind of restored my faith in Pixar after a while of being like, okay, they feel like they've kind of lost some of their steam and maybe from what I've heard, maybe they've returned to the, the lost steam <laughs> element. Um, but I remember feeling like this felt like a really fresh take at the time. Uh, did, did you feel like this one brought something new to the table, kind of shifting gears to this Asian family? And Well, it certainly shed, I think you're right that it shed a lot of light on, kind of like, you know, that, that video we watched of, or that I sent to you with uh, regards to, like, you know, looking at Black Panther from the perspective of, like, a black person uh, themselves mm. and what their, their experiences. I think this would very much be an essay. There's probably been so many essays now. Uh, this film praising uh, what it feels like to be like a person of Chinese or of a certain cultural descent uh, in the Asian continent. Um, not f- not all of them fully, but like because you know there's different cultures there, so like I assume it's a different one. But it certainly uh, had the Chinese community in mind um, when it came to this. So, but what I looked at it though, um, this was animated and i legit mean like you know animated uh and it was very much in the same vein as uh some uh like actual japanese animations uh i mm. think i think um oh how would you how, what was her name again I, I do apologize but we actually this was the uh this was the director who did the short i think bow was called in yeah for the incredibles 2 there's a little like dumpling that turned came to life and it was about emptiness syndrome and uh also the colossus or the colossal or whatever that painting famous something I forget his name painting was um domishi um and so I, I i first saw this i don't know i think i saw a poster for it in like 2021 or something like that when it was going to go to theaters and then old Disney did, you know, they were up to their tricks again, just like Luca. And I think whatever film came before this, they're just like, hey, we're going to we're going to put this on Disney Plus. And they're like, oh, for pit's sakes, like, why do we even bother anymore? <laughs> I think they're a little more vocal than that. But yeah, they were choked. I was uh, I was shocked. Maybe I was shocked. But I was like, it's been a while. I don't know a while, but it's like, hey, set in Toronto. I was like, oh, great. It's center of the universe. Yeah. But I'm like, hey. First time ever, given that I, in, in fact, I think it's the first time I've ever seen Tim Hortons on a movie screen. 
that's in like in a in a oh, movie. I was like, and yeah. it was in an animated film. I'm like, holy crap! It's like there's a Timbit box right there. I'm like, let's go. Yeah, I remember definitely enjoying a lot of that. Yeah, kind of home flavor, even though it's Toronto, not here. Yeah, no. But uh, yeah, and it was in the '90s, right? Or was it the early aughts? Uh, it was early aughts. So she's mm. in grade eight. Um, and sorry, I forgot her name as well. But um, main character, she's in grade eight. And you and I, this is supposed to be, I think, 2002. I think the movie opens with a flashback to her in 1994, which is funny for you and I. I think she's like <laughs> five years old by that point. So she's not that far. Uh, uh, Domi, or Domi, excuse me, she said that this was uh, the movie that she would have wanted to see if when she was in grade eight so in either like 2003 or two whenever it was so like yeah i assume uh yeah so it's basically like the character is just uh dummy she instead if, if that makes sense yeah um which is fine i i think there's a lot of differences um between the two i i don't know but Obviously, you know, good good character to base herself off of. Yeah. Yeah, and how, how do you feel about her little cast of characters, that her, her little friend group? I remember them being quite... Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, anyway, the, the references, by the way, sorry, I'll answer your question, but, like, like she was thinking of Rama one-half, where, like, you know, the char- main character there, uh, he turns into uh, a female um, redhead uh, when, poured, when water's poured on, onto him. Uh, and then Sailor Moon because of a transformation sequence because why not and then there's a few others I, f- I forget what they were but like that was that and then her cast characters were again like completely animated um, I <laughs> this is kind of maybe this is a little mean spirited but I also think it's kind of funny um, I think her friend group is once again just wonderful and it just had me this had me have a smile like anytime they were talking it just I just had a smile on my face the entire time of just how like absolute goofs and goofballs these buds are i was just like oh these are like completely buffoons <laughs> they, they like their little like dance troupe they had or just like you know how like oh. fronting on everybody they were going on i was just like this is this is so funny there's so much shade going on here but this is absolutely how like girls in grade eight would act um <laughs> that were just very like full of energy and life um uh where was i going i so i equate them to like the way they dance they dance really good, I must say. Like the choreography with the dance sequences are pretty awesome, but I just jokingly equate their dancing to. Do you remember the bit in Seinfeld uh, where Elaine Bennis is at her like I guess like one of her um, like a worker party or something like that, or her company parties, mm-hmm. uh, and there's like a. The, the music starts going on and in like within the I guess diegetically uh, within the party and people she's like hey let's all get dancing and she the, the crowd tells her to go in there and she you know starts doing that really weird dance right um, <laughs> yeah and everyone's disgusted and then <laughs> yeah as George Costanza puts it is like it's like more like a really like dry heave. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's the best way I can describe, uh, in a joking matter, uh, how the girls dance. <laughs> I'm just like they, 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 they dance really awesome, but like to everybody else, they just look like weird and awkward and <laughs> like a drag. Sorry, that's not what they. But you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. And if I remember correctly, the the dance element becomes a big part of the plot. Yes, it does. Because they're all trying to go to some sort of big uh, 
like a dance tournament. Yeah, they're going to, they want to go to this, like, uh, knockoff, or, uh, sorry, not knockoff, they're going to this, like, Backstreet Boys slash NSYNC stand-in uh, boy band, because, uh, you know, they, they're really, they're, they're you know, teenage girls, they, they, they want to, they love hearing their, their, they want their teenage heartthrobs and whatnot, so, you know, they want to go to the dance, or they want to go to the concert, sorry, that's at the Sky Dome Arena. <laughs> this, is, this is how I, I know, I, this is how I'm just like, wait a second, I know what that is, because it's right below the CN Tower. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I know what that arena is called, but that's that's uh, there's a plot there's a reason for that um and so she's just like okay well we're gonna like get funds to for you know to, to, to get this and whatnot but the other thing the big important thing sorry with with um uh may lynn i was right may lynn um the the big thing about her is that she's very um obedient obedient with her mother her mother's yeah um again i i, I gotta be careful with how i say this because it is a very cultural uh, aspect, but prim and proper. How about I put that? Very prim, proper, organized, um, very diligent working lady, uh, and she wants, you know, always to be, uh, you know, organized and uh, just, you know, have a high esteem for for certain things, and also very um, traditional as well, uh, with yeah. regards to that they the, their their family is home to like a or they they live in like a little little Chinese temple. Uh, within the city of Toronto, so um, you know she there's a lot of upkeeping there, and so Maylin has a lot of chores with her there, and she does her like after school activities with her mom, and typical like she wants her her mother wants her to get like straight A's, so she's like you know the perfect uh, female, uh, she's the perfect daughter basically, upstanding uh, and having you know smart brains and all that stuff, um, and one day uh, I forget if there's an inciting incident, but one day. Um, she wakes up and, well, something's a little wrong with her. <laughs> Let's just say, uh, she turns into this giant red panda. Yeah, she's undergone a change at, uh, yeah. A metamorphosis into, into a beautiful prince. I mean, uh, a beautiful, <laughs> uh, giant red panda. And it's revealed that every female in her, uh, maternal lineage is descended from a basically a blessed uh, blessed by the gods uh, per, matriarch uh, who was there to defend her family or whatever it was. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I should give more reverence for this, for this. Excuse me, but uh, basically, I gave, was used as a protection uh, idea, but then it stuck with the family gene in the mother's side for you know. From back, yeah, when when they were over in China and then they moved to Canada, so still happenings there. Uh, just as she's turning, as, as just as she's going through adolescence with hormonal shifts. <laughs> this film is the definition of metaphors and analogies. Yeah, what did you think about just the design of that? Um, yeah, the big bear. Absolutely, like adorable to look at. Yes, like yes, a big cuddly face himself, cuckoo puddly face. Yeah, and I feel like that's one of those classic Pixar designs that I feel like we kind of lost out on over the years, where things started to be a little more streamlined. And seeing that, I was like, oh, that feels like something that reminds me of classic Pixar. 
not in terms of it looking like classic Pixar, but them just stumbling upon an image that that captures you so well, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know what you mean. Um, an iconic design, as you say, you could uh, easily look at it and be like, you know exactly where that's from. Other yeah, than like yeah. maybe the only confusion part would be like if you thought that's Master Shifu uh, in uh, what is it in Kung Fu Panda? I think it's Shifu, right? Um, but he's a small red panda, and this in Maylin is a big red panda. <laughs> um, at the same time of her, you know, big turning red, basically she, you know, she she has this, and she, and unlike other films, I get when I just give the whole like spiel on like you know her, or what is it? Uh, the, the origins of where this comes from, yeah. Her, mother actually knows this in fact her mother herself went through this <laughs> she's like what so again it kind of veers away from like oh i have to hide this from my parents and it's like nope no you don't because your mom had to deal with this and so she's like well crap i i don't like this i don't i don't want to i don't want to be like this I, I really did enjoy those scenes as well where she she you know acts as she would as anybody would of like i don't like this this is awful um get it away and it turns out there's a way to get rid of the red panda itself um, by performing a, a ritual on, I think it was the red moon. Yeah, that's what it was like a full red moon. And unfortunately it's on the date of the concert uh, of the boy band <laughs> <Yes>. concert. <laughs> it's a fun touch. Oh yeah. No, it's, this is over the top and I love it. It's yes. great because it, it knows exactly what it is and it wears it right on its sleeve. And it's, that's, it's not like camp bad. It's it's like intentionally being bad, but it's not unironic either. It's and nor is it ironic. So it's I don't know. It just plays itself like over the top and straight, and I love it. Yeah, and in that classic Pixar way, they could balance having a pretty fun, um, humorous band of characters, but then at the same time have an emotional core that feels genuine. Like the plot with the mom. I remember that being actually like emotionally affecting near the end oh yeah no i uh, i was pretty moved by it. i i'd say like between this film and luca i i, I came out more uh with this film uh and, and that's not because that's <laughs> that's not a personal bias against you know luca or the fact that this is like you know made by a canadian uh for pitt's sakes i was a little bit confused as to why jacob tremblay was in the was like the main character of Luca for crying out loud. I'm like, wouldn't it have been better if he was in this film? Oh, that's that's interesting. I'm not sure which role he would play, but I don't know which role he would have played either. He could have played like the bully character, which I'm gonna assume he has a crush on Mei Lin. Like, as a guy, when when you sometimes like heckle a girl, it usually means that you like the girl. Oh, yeah, that old trope. Yeah, that old trope. That's that's what I assume. Uh, but I, of course, could be incorrect on that. But um, yeah, so, but but the, the the metaphor that uh, Dummy she was uh, she was kind of tapping into was that the whole turning red idea is a metaphor for girls getting their period. And I was like, that was like uh, hands down, like just I almost have like no words other than like I support you fully, and I think you executed it like great because. You got over the censors with everything, even though uh, the mention of, like, uh, Malin having her period does come up. Especially when, mm -hmm. like, uh, I think her mother does, like, uh, is, is wanting to bring her, like, tampons to school or something like that. Um, 
I think it was that. Or they had to go buy tampons at the like the convenience store. I don't rem remember, but like, yeah, all that. They, I could certainly see that being embarrassing for a lot of girls. I'll say that. And if if something like that had happened, but I I kind of am happy that you know this is something for like not just you know Chinese women, but like or Chinese teenagers, but all like t t uh, teenage girls go through. Uh, so I, I think it was a very accessible film, I'd say that, and relatable for some people. Yeah, and it's, I wish I wish this was more fresh in my mind, but I remember thinking that the metaphor, you know, extended out in different ways too, not just uh, the obvious kind of period parallel. Yeah. But with this this streak in, in these, these particular women of like this kind of rebellious, kind of strong-hearted streak in a culture that maybe doesn't tolerate that as much. Uh, <sighs> that was mixed in there. Yes, no, you're right. I've I've seen this firsthand as well. Of like, uh, her mother is still, and this yeah, this is a big thing here. Now I think also in the states as well. But like, in any culture, you 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 move from like one very, uh, I, I keep saying monosyllabic. It's not uh, ho ho is it homogenic or uh, yeah, or just mon mono ethnic? I'm so yeah, basically just like one ethnicity in your country or your culture. And then you move to like another, you know, multicultural or multi-ethnic country, such as our country, and all of a sudden you have a big social battle and a big like cultural battle when it comes to the children, because yeah. sure they're being raised in two cultures basically. This is sociology at its best and its finest, and same with psychology um, and how the kids deal with it. You literally have like so Mei Lin is basically a first generation. Uh, Canadian, like first generation Chinese Canadian, so she's very much being taught uh, and brought up in her Chinese ways or her mother's Chinese ways, and same with her dad. Uh, and to you know, still hold her culture on the, uh, still hold on her culture, excuse me, and revere it. But then she's in, you know, with her friends who are all Canadian as well, even though some of them aren't. Like she has a uh, one friend who is from South Korea, or at least of South Korean descent, and I forget her other friend, I think she was either Arabic or maybe Pakistani, I don't, I apologize, I don't remember, but, like, she had only, like, one white friend. So, but, you know, she's she's growing up within, like, you know, her, her with her friend group, so she's, and other people, so she's kind of taking in our culture, unfortunately, like, whatever the Canadian culture is. So, her, she's kind of at odds. Now, that's not so much, like, I think, actually kind of is shown in especially like in in her character especially like what she does when she normalizes her red panda uh form and how it's just another like it's just like oh yeah i can just do this and there's no secret by the way as well when she eventually mm. goes to school and she just starts turning into it it's just like yeah i can do this and she kind of monetizes yes love that herself <laughs> which was interesting as well you could read on that i'm not gonna going to that but i'm just like yeah you can read yourself of like you know kind of being like a twitch streamer or something like that yeah yeah definitely lots of things you could read in and then that's what was so fun about it yeah you could tell that there was a lot of thought into all the different plot elements and yeah it just had a real lively quality to it and oh yeah you could think about long after you watch it yeah and um where, where, where was it oh there was a scene with uh her her friend with the glasses. I, I hate to say that, but I'm just like, I, I don't, I, I do not remember. Hmm. I think it was that. No, Abby was the white girl. Um, I think it was, but like, 
uh, her friend with the glasses, I there was a scene with her and another, I think it was a goth girl, kind of grooving together. Um, and I think the I think the director came out and said like that is like those two finding attraction to each other. I'm like, hey now, there we go. I kind of just it kind of went it didn't go past me, but maybe I'm just so normalized to you know same sex couples. I'm just like it went over my. It's just like the realization that this is a Pixar movie, like, it went over my head. I was like, oh yeah, just two girls bobbing and vibing together. Or bopping and vibing together, excuse me. <laughs> and I didn't realize, like, oh, right, the significance of that, of like, oh, right, it's a Pixar movie, so, like, this is gonna go to your conservative white people who uh, don't <laughs> accept this kind of crap. Yeah, and I'll say I, I really do think it was a shame that that one didn't go to the theater because I think that it could have been a big kind of cultural hit at the time. Oh. But just going straight to Disney+, Plus, I feel like it flew somewhat under the radar. Yeah, I was miffed at that. I was like, ah, oh, come on. I wanted to actually go out and you know support a local. Well, it's not local, but I wanted to see a film you know that's set you know in this country. Like, come on, why not? Yeah. But yeah, but it is what it is. I think it honestly would have gotten to a lot of audiences. I think it's a lot of fun. It's funny because uh, uh, Dummy Shu. I'm, I really apologize. I think I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Uh, but but uh, director Shi, um, I think, it, or it's funny. She actually had a conversation with Bell's director. They had a uh, they had a back and forth vo- vo- uh, video call, conference call, um, between the two of them and how they. T- there's a there's even a drawing of Mei Lin with uh, with Bell. And not not Suzu, but like Bell, the the, the Suzu's avatar oh. together. It's really cool. It's uh, it's kind of like with the Beast. She's with the Beast or the Dragon, sorry. And <laughs> it's when they kind of interlock hands, fingers together. It's it's that. And he even does uh, he even does the same uh, Cal art style that uh, that Maylin is is in. I'm like, oh, that's so that's a nice touch. Um, and yeah, this film, I watched this film first before Luca, but like like I said, and it did, it was kind of jarring again seeing the CalArt style, but I, again, I eventually got used to it. I was like, yeah, okay, fair, fair enough. It's, it is what it is. Yeah, and what's your, is it just uh, an overexposure type of bias towards it, or do you think it's like a, a cheaper style of, of art, or what do you have against it's, it? I, I can't say cheaper, I just think it's a, like bit easier style of art if that makes sense like an easier way to go with uh mm. and you know what that is that is the person's decision of course and that would make me a little hypocritical since i am trying to learn to you know be an artist and all so like i i shouldn't complain there that's kind of really i think kicking the dog there that's the, that doesn't seem <laughs> right for me to say that uh i just think like yeah like, i just remember when Disney used to have, like do other faces as well, even though you could say like some of them all look the same. Like I'm pretty sure Cindy, Snow White, um, Aurora, and Ariel all look different um, when it comes to like the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. And yeah. I just named like four white women for pit's sake. So it's like there's a difference, even though like uh, technically Cindy has strawberry blonde hair. But yeah, two of them are redheads, so like, yeah, no, there's a big difference. <laughs> oh, but uh, do you feel like we're rounding out for the end of the uh, the Turning Red one as well? Yeah, I think the the music, I remember there being uh, some, obviously, Chinese instruments in there. I was like, mm. you know, thumbs up there. Um, 
not too much. And then, oh yeah, the end bit with uh, with her mother, you know, going stay up Marshmallow Man. Uh, <laughs> oh, not man. not Godzilla, um, because I think the way she enters into the scene is more stay up Marshmallow Man than it is Godzilla. Uh, yeah. And then the big fight with her, I remember somebody on TV Tropes was like. Oh, hey, the way she's, like, moving around against her mother and how she's, like, bouncing up and down. Also, there's a sa- it's kind of a saving throw or what. There's, a, like, an easy method of how she doesn't die when she falls to the ground is that she just poofs back into, like, Maylin, and then she can poof back into, like, Red Panda. So it's, like, okay. And she actually uses that to, like, jump, uh, to do, like, you know, uh, chain jumps together, which is kind of cool. But the way she fought her mother, people pointed out, is similar to, like, how... Uh, combat, or at least some of the camera angles was similar to Attack on Titan. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, no that's that's fair. I didn't watch it, but like, no, I know what you mean. At the clips I have seen of Attack on Titan, it, yeah, it's, it's, I can concur. Um, but yeah, the, the end bit when she takes over this sky, or she uh, destroys, or almost destroys the Sky Dome. Um, funny they didn't go with a King Kong reference where they would have like had her scaling the CN Tower. That would have been funny as all heck. Um, but no, the end where they're like, um, ref- uh, having a, a supporting or giving, give, uh, not giving money was, what's the term? Uh, raising money, raising money to, uh, repair the sky dome was, <laughs> was pretty funny if you ask me. And, uh, there was a little bit there where there was a blue Jay that was right in the, was it? it was right in the front of the, front of the sky dome instead from a distance. I'm like, all right, good touch there for for all those that get it. But um, yeah, I think that rounds it up. And I would absolutely, again, say that for director she, um, that I I really do hope that she is given another rain, uh, chance to uh, make another movie. She did express interest in making a sequel, which I'd be absolutely fine with. Yeah. Uh, I think this definitely does put out. Because, you know, if we're talking like this is a cultural thing, like how many other cultures have something similar to this? If like, you know, uh, transmutation is a thing into animals, like, or if there's other magic out there, I'm like, you know, let's let's, let's see that. I mean, that'd be interesting if they go there or if there's another character like her. I mean, uh, we'll see what they do with it. But I absolutely, even if it's not that movie, uh, if it's not the sequel to this, uh, I have no problem with seeing what... Uh, you could what what the what the director could do with uh, her next project. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love I'd love to see more what she has to to offer. Um, and I would also say that I'm very much feeling it. I I I thought that was one of the best uh, Pixar movies I've seen in the past few years. Was it? Uh, did you find it? You liked it a little more than Soul. Mm, I thought they were pretty close. I um, would, I think yeah, Soul inches it out a tiny bit, but I I, I really liked that one. Uh, turning red of course yeah there, there could be a debate on which one is a lot better but that is not neither here nor there for now um yeah thank you for asking thanks thanks for informing me on black panther and we'll see uh we'll, we'll see yeah we'll see, see you in uh whatever the next film is there you go oh, apparently the guardians 3 trailer came out to me yeah, today but it was released recently so, oh, I've not seen it. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, all right, get ready for that film in like five May fifth, twenty twenty-three. Yeah, and that's when this episode will be released. So this is yeah, it's coming out tomorrow. No. Sheesh. <laughs> Hopefully it'll come out sooner. 
Oh, but but yes, thanks thanks for uh, let's let's close up the bar. It's it's been a good uh, profitable day, but it's time for us to get some rest and some some dinner. So, so everybody get out. <laughs> I always hate doing that to these guys, but they're they're used to it. It's uh, we're not we're not abusive. <laughs> Just like hey, it's closing time. Yeah, catch us on the wrong day, and we will be. But for the most part, we're pretty oh, nice. Geez. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs>